interesting, lovely guests uh, in the house uh, with us today for a great interview. So first off, we have a business owner. He goes by the name of Lee, the appraiser. He's from APR57. Welcome, Lee. Welcome to you, Patrick. Long time, no see. I know, it's, it's been, been a long time. Maybe, what, 20 years? Right? Yeah, well, maybe about 10. Well, about 10? a decade or so. <laughs> I'd say about a decade okay. or so. But Lee's been around a long, long time. And let me tell you, he has, in fact, one of New York City's largest watch collections. So uh, sit tight. We're going to hear a lot uh, from Lee, the appraiser, in just a little bit. All right, with that, we also have a special guest in the house. I would, uh, she's a, a book author. She's here to discuss her book, which is Quala uh, Quick's. Quickies, I should say, yes. but not about <laughs> sex, though. Uh, her name is uh, Shaquala uh, Gooden. Welcome, yes. Shaquala. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing very well. I'm so happy to have you both here in the house with me. Uh, with that, I'll just cover some local topics, and then uh, we'll just get right into it. Uh, also, folks, if you'd like to call in with your New York Moments Torture Opinions, please call 646-690-2976. 646-690-2976. Please call in to chirp about it, and we sure have a full panel, so please call in to ask uh, any questions if you have any for our uh, our guest about any if they want to call and ask oh, anything that they Go ahead, Lee. that you guys may want to have evaluated know what it's worth uh market value what it, anything about that whatsoever you can give us a call i'm here today anything uh, sports related baseball cards memorabilia memorabilia autographs rare watches antiques paintings anything that you may you have name it. we have the man lee the okay. appraiser right here in the house with us at city world radio so please call in 646-690-2976 call in we'd love to hear from you all right, with that, you know, I have to say, you know, I'm not going, I will not pretend uh, this evening. I had a horrible uh, uh, beginning of my day, really did. You know, I saw something, I witnessed something today that I never could even Im- imagine. I won't go into the graphics, but it was bad, all right? Someone is no longer with us, and I just abruptly, st- I just stumbled upon uh, a body, you know, on uh, in, in my or- my office uh, stairwell. So I'm just going to say that it's not, 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 not a pretty sight whatsoever. So uh, my condolences go out to this man's uh, family. I did not know who or who he is or who he was. I don't know whether he's a good man or bad man. It doesn't matter. My heart still goes out to his uh, relatives. So I just like to say that. With that, and I know you know I'm, I'm happy that you're here, uh, uh, Shaquala, because you have in fact i've read some of your, your quickies so uh there are a lot of them a few of them are very inspirational and motivational so uh i'm glad that you're here and you can probably just uh you know cheer me up a little bit which i, I, am I would love to i would up. love to all right so let's go right into our local topics uh you know shout out number one uh it's june okay so that means it's world pride month all right so uh shout out to all my respects again shout out to all uh lgbt TQ uh, community, all right, around in New York City and uh, throughout the world. You know, if we all recall, Ori, um, June this month, June thirtieth, nineteen sixty nine. Happens to be my birthday, by the way. Nine. Were, were you born in nineteen sixty nine? A few months after. <laughs> you know, well, June uh, June thirtieth this year will mark the fiftieth anniversary uh, of the uh, Stonewall uh, in riot that was in the uh, West Village. So uh, again, shout out to. Uh, it's World Pride Month, so, you know, let's uh, all come together in some way. We should, okay? Uh, you know, n- MTA has a new payment system. I don't know if you all heard about this. There was a pilot that started. They started a pilot on Friday, this past Friday. Yes. Um, and they had at least 6,000 people tap 
uh, into the new uh, system. And what it is, it's called it's actually called Tap and Go, where you can tap your your debit card, or your credit card, uh, your Google Pay, whatever it is. This is a new way uh, that they'll be accepting your payments to get into uh, past the turnstile on the uh, New York City uh, transit system. So that's that's pretty cool. I'm not really a big fan of uh, you know uh, tapping my credit cards or my debit cards yeah. uh, in public. All day long, but uh, I don't know. That's something I guess it'll take some getting used to. What do you say, Shaquille? Um, yeah, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> but next so far, so know, good. Next thing you know, I tap it, and then I see four more transactions. Yeah. in Applebee's. Well, you know, <laughs> we're living in a world <laughs> no. of hacking, so um, I'm not really a big fan of that. But it is what it is. Interesting story. I just read a headline. Well, Tracy Morgan, actor, you know, comedian Tracy yeah. Morgan, just got into uh, an ac- uh, an accident. Another accident. <laughs> Another car somewhere, accident? Yeah, somewhere in Midtown. Uh, you know, he just, I guess, drove off the lot with a brand new white cream, uh, if that makes any sense, Bugatti. Mm. Cost him two million bucks. Two million bucks. And he, he crashed it. Well, I don't know if he crashed it. Someone crashed into him, Honda Accord, whatever it is. <laughs> you know, five years ago, he had a friend. There was uh, this big accident that uh, he, was, uh, he was in. Five years ago, there was a Walmart uh, truck that hit the, the, the car he was in, the vehicle yeah. he was in, and his friend, his friend passed away five years ago. And then now again, this man is in you know, some kind of collision, auto collision again. So you know what? I got to say something. I got to chirp about something, Tracy. Stay off the roads, all right? <laughs> Take, the the road. Take the train. Take huh? the train. Take the train. It's getting better, by the yeah. way. Shout out to Andy Byford, you know, who's head of uh, MTA, New York City Transit. Uh, the trains are somewhat getting better. So that's my stuff, all right? So one more of the topic, coffee, you know? There's a, a new uh, study from a university in London who says, uh, you know, having up to 25 cups of coffee isn't harmful. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Lee, what do you say about that? Uh, <laughs> in how long a period? Are we talking about an hour or a day or uh, a you know year? That's, that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> but uh, that's what the studies show, and I find that to be, because, you know, a lot. You know, most people say coffee isn't good for it. You know, it's not good for the body, not good right. for the heart, not good oh. for your, your system. So this study... Well, that um, might be a questionable study because yeah. last I checked, they drink tea in London. Hmm. Well, there we go. Yeah, that's right. You know, by the way, you know, we have uh, the leader of the free world who is in London and Britain right now uh, meeting with the Queen, I guess having tea with the Queen or, or what have you, speaking of tea in <laughs> London. Uh, Ori, so uh, that's, that's always nice to... I like... When two countries come together and get together, so you know, I'm gonna leave it at that. I'm gonna be. I always want to be positive on the show, right. the best way I can. Okay, <laughs> you're reading between the lines. All right, with that, you know what? I think that is my local topic. Unless you have, unless anyone here on the panel would like to add something on about this yes, great I, wonderful uh, city. Wanted to uh, speak to Lee about his his appraisal ability. I have a stepson that's six years old. Um, he's half Latino, half African American. How much can I get for him? hold on don't answer that we're going to take a commercial I'll be right back with Lee's answer (laughs) body hair problems the usual suspects underarms legs bikini lines chest and back hair it's time to do something about it Bear Hair Laser Removal Specialist is the right call. Call them now for a free consultation at 646-462-3235. They're waiting on your call. Call. Set up an appointment at this nominated top provider in skin treatments. Located in Hell's Kitchen at 503 West 51st Street off 10th Avenue in New York City. And open seven days. They also do skin contouring and tightening, all skin colors, waxing, eyelash extensions, lifting, curls, and tinting. They also offer advanced facial treatments. Using the latest technology, 
Bear Hair Removal Specialist is the best. Call them today at 646-462-3235 or visit them online at bearbody.com. That's bear, B-A-I-R-E, body.com. You'll be glad you did. Mention Chirp About It Live and get up to 25% off most procedures. 646-462-3235 or barebody.com. All right, you heard it. Barebody.com, hair, great hair removal uh, company. Please check them out. All right, with that, uh, we're just going to get right into our guests. All right, we have, again, Lee, the appraiser from APR57. Welcome, Lee. Thank you very much, Patrick. A pleasure to be here. All right, good. So we're going to discuss your appraisal business. That's what you do. That's what you've been doing for many, many years. In fact, I believe your family uh, was in that line of business. Um, business. Not quite, okay. but my father did give me a start. So I, I had an uncle. I'm originally from Minneapolis. Okay. And my uncle was um, a fourth-generation used car parts dealer. So he had a, a small town in Osseo, Minnesota, That mm-hmm. was, uh, and he turned this business of car parts into specialty of... Um, Used car parts for foreign vehicles. So ah. all the, and he did that in about the 1960s, and he expanded his business. And he didn't have a college education, so he felt very humble about where to invest his money. So he, the only thing he knew was cars. So he started. He built like an astrodome in his uh, space over there, in his junkyard, ah. and he started to um, buy, uh, you know, r- and restore. Very high collectible cars. Got you. He did Studebakers and and fire engines and ambulances, and he amassed this amazing collection. Bentleys, wow. really crazy. Porsches and so on. Right, right. So he had it, right. Cars. So his office had like he collected everything. I mean, it wasn't really he didn't have rare stuff, so to speak. Right. But he had everything. He collected. He just loves collecting. So I think I got the bug from him. Okay. And my father, who was really um, a very sweet gentleman, he was like an absent-minded genius. He actually went to school with Einstein. He was a student at Princeton. Oh, wow. And he, car- wow. And he carpooled with Einstein when he was a student there. And he became a very um, brilliant math professor. Mm-hmm. And then we moved to New York. He got a job at the head of the math department That's at Columbia where you get University. That's from. Well, I got a <laughs> good memory. Uh, that helps. <laughs> so... Um, so anyhow, so he, he traveled a lot. So he started me collecting. He would pick up stamps and coins from the various countries around the world when he did his lectures and stuff like that. So he started me collecting stamps and coins. So that was my first really introduction to anything collectible. Got, yeah. And from there, we just sort of, you know, when I when I started my business and started doing stamps and coins. Um, Is that... Wait, is that how you started first, before right. jewelry and everything? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wow. I was, I was actually, there was a store here in New York um, called Gimbel's. Uh, some people remember it, some yeah, don't, yes. but it was it was the major competitor to Macy's at that time, Got about you. the 1960s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. They were both Macy's still there on 34th Street. Gimbel's was across the street on 33rd, and then you had down the block Corvettes, which was Got also you. the yes. EJ yeah, Corvettes. Yeah. But Gimbel's and Macy's were the two major chain stores. And um, the gentleman that I worked for, his name was uh, Mr. Minkus, Jacques Minkus, and he was a, um, an immigrant from Germany, and he came over. His brother was a publisher in Europe, and he came here, and he's a very clever guy, and he um, went to Gimbel's and said, here, guys, you know what? I can give you something that Macy's can't deliver. I will establish for you the largest stamp and coin department in the world, and they let him set up shop on the ground floor of Gimbel's, wow. about 2,000 square feet, right in the center 
of the of the store. And if you remember, anyone who remembers that years ago, all the major subway lines went into Gimbel's. So you could actually, from the lobby um, yeah. of the store, go into the subway. You wouldn't even have to go outside. That's like Bloomingdale's today. And, and he... He, yeah, um, like Bloomingdale, very similar. Right, right, right. So yeah. he made his store the stamp destination in the world, and all the at that time, all the celebrities, all the um, the uh, the diplomats, the embassy people from the UN would go there and buy the stamps. And he actually, um, with that, and 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 he, uh, through that, through Gimbel's, he opened up about fifty different departments in fifty of the major department stores around the world, around the United States. Around the United States. And um, he really, and then he got into representing the different governments to sell their stamps too. So he was the only one. Wow, he did I that wholesale and retail. And anyhow, Amazing. so that's where I got my start and my training. I worked for a gentleman under him. His name was Ben Blumenthal, who mm. was the vice president there, and he treated me great and taught me a lot. And, and let uh, me tell you, you do know a lot, no question about <laughs> it. You know, well, your business, you actually uh, buy, sell, appraise mostly anything, anything of value. Anything of value, anything, anything but real estate, stamps and coins and autographs and jewelry and watches. Um, you know, I just want to show you something here. I have, yeah, let's do something. I have with me here a... Um, and 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 it's a um, what we call a Super Bowl ring from the 1985 New England Patriots. Oh wow! And I'll tell you a quick story. So, a guy comes into my store last year, okay, about 75 years old, a nice gentleman. It was a Sunday afternoon, and um, he came in looking for a watch for you know a couple hundred dollars to buy, and. Um, he, we pick out a nice watch from him, we give him a good deal on it, and he's wearing an old-style Patriots tie, a really old oh, one. old one, yeah. And my son is like the biggest Patriots fan in the world. He loves Tom Brady, loves the Patriots, everybody. And um, so I asked him, I said, sir, by the way, are you a Patriots fan? And he goes, well, you know, you could say that. You can uh, say that. <laughs> he said he used to own the team. Really? He used to own the team. His, na his name was Charles Sullivan. Huh. <laughs> and it so happens that I have his championship ring when he owned the team in 1985. Wow. How, how crazy he, is that? It was like insane. So he tells me the story, okay, that he was, you know, all these owners. I mean, at that time, you didn't need as much money to have a team. I mean, today it's in the billions. But you still had to be very, very successful. Successful, yeah. And he told me that he is really one of the sweetest guys I ever met. And he said that at that time, him and his, I believe, father decided to invest in Michael Jackson's first world tour. Ooh. In 19, I guess it was prior, 1983-84. And whatever it was, at that time, it didn't go good. It didn't go good. And he lost, he invested basically everything he and his father into that tour. Into that tour. Yeah. And so what happened was he became really financially ins uh, solvent and he couldn't, um, he, he, they couldn't support, keep the team. Yeah. You yeah. know, at that time, the business, they didn't have the TV rights. So this is probably, the f so he had to sell the ring. So this is probably, 
in in the history, the only owner's were, uh, what, Super Bowl ring, ring that somebody has. Wow. It's crazy. Who did they play that year? Was it the Chicago huh? Bears? They played uh, they, the yeah, they, they, um, I think they lost 51 to 10. Oh, that, oh, the Bears when they had the Super Bowl shuffle, the refrigerator. Yeah, yeah, oh, Jim yeah. McMahon and yeah. the whole crew, okay. Refrigerator Perry, the, uh, whole, the, whole, uh, the whole thing, uh, right? Don Hampton, the whole guys. What a heartbreaking story. Right, right. So, yeah. so um, you know, so I, I mean, I off, you know, he, he, he wasn't in a position to buy it, but that was just like really yeah, a, a crazy, crazy, crazy story. That is a crazy story. Wow, so how interesting. Would, you know, anyhow. Um, wow, all right, good. So well, let's talk about your appraisal business. Now, I know you're at a new location on uh, 57th Street, which now they call Billionaire's Row. We're going to get yes, to that. Yes, gonna, yes, yes. I want to hear you chirp about that, your thoughts <laughs> about, about that. Um, so what's the new store like? Tell us. It, we were very fortunate. We had a much smaller store down the block. The rents there are really through the roof. Absolutely. But um, we had a very, very, I, I knew a broker who was a friend of mine, and he pushed me to make an offer. I didn't think, I thought the store was way too big, way too expensive. Anyhow, the landlord. You have a lot of stuff to, uh, you know, right. to fill up that store. That Maybe. is for no sure. Question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, we only made two small trips to our warehouse, yeah. and the place is probably 90%, 90% full. So, um, so thank God. We, we got, like, now 3,000 square feet, 20-foot ceilings. It's it's really we're making it into like a museum where the items are for sale. That's good. So yeah, that's um, good. and we're trying to like Hall of Fame items in every category, whether it's jewelry or watches or um, you know, sports memorabilia, stamps, coins, fine arts. Um, yeah, I mean we we, we we just bought an Emmy award uh, from a Broadway producer. We just uh, bought um, from I think it was uh, Thomas Edison. He made the first stock ticker tape machine wow. about and 1910, and we so got the original yeah, one there. This is true. So let me get this. So people have goods or valuables that they feel are valuable, what have you. They mm -hmm. come in or they set up an appointment with you. 100%. They just show they, you what yeah, they Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't have the luxury. And you of appraise an, it. We don't have the luxury of an auction house. I mean, uh, you know, not only appraise it, they want us to make an offer. I mean, you know, somebody wants to sell a, 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 what they think is a valuable painting at auction. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's... You know, it's we had a, a client tell us that the other day. They told them take a picture, upload it on the website. We'll get back to you in four months. In three months, they got back to them. They tell them we got to see the negative, and then they got to yeah. make an appointment to come in. Yeah, and that's then not the case with you. They, not with they the come APR into they come into our gallery and they say, "Let me know what's the most you can pay me right now. this instant." Right. Mm -hmm. So I have to be fair with them. I have to. Um, in some cases, I do a quick research, but mm -hmm. I, I know pretty much. Uh, I ask them what I consider to be the right questions, yeah. and I have to make an on-the-spot, fair cash offer to them right on the spot. Now, are you the only person at your location who? Uh, I'm the only one who does this. Yes, who has a responsibility. You're the to make, in the house to make these decisions on the spot. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And um, what uh, is there anything like really mind-boggling that you someone walked in with? Really um, I've had uh, the most unusual things. I've had actually people come in with original shrunken heads. <laughs> okay. And he looks around. And uh, well, I look around because uh, the last ones that came in, I did not want to handle. I mean, right. the, the guy shows me pictures of where they came from and. Uh, you know, I, I didn't question. I, I, I mean, I did question. You know how he was able to acquire to them, acquire them yeah. and I, you know, and you know, 
what happens is um, if you f the real valuable ones are the ones that were a while ago mm -hmm. that they were actually from tribes and stuff like that and the hair is still long it's it's crazy but that's <laughs> one of the most oh I had another one get this yeah guy came in with a little wooden box this is about five years ago he comes in with a little wooden box and he says here what will you pay me for them I look at them and they're two keys made in platinum Okay. And these are the most valuable platinum keys you've ever seen. Keys to what, though? They were smuggled out of Russia. They were keys to a nuclear reactor. Wow. What? Crazy, right? <laughs> That's crazy. I, I, this is nuts. So that is crazy. So, so hold on. <laughs> so, all right. So did you give him, uh, did you? I, I, uh, um, again, you know, there's certain things I'm not hundred percent comfortable with. I probably would have, that was more, that was more just the issue of, yeah. um, the price involved. I don't remember exactly. I mean, that was a number of years ago, but maybe I would have paid five grand and he was asking 20 grand. So it was just more, I mean, I, my, my expertise is not only authenticating <laughs> it and figuring out what it's worth, mm -hmm. but. You know, I base that on, like, all day long I'll have dealers that'll be standing next to me when I do an appraisal and a purchase. You know, why did you buy that? You'll never sell it. Nobody mm -hmm. wants it. So, you know, I base it on also if I found a client for it, does it make sense? You know, like, right. Right you know, if, if, the, if the percentage that I can get is that much higher, it might take me a couple of years, five years to get that. Um, you know, I'll do that if it makes sense to me. Um, so... Um, All right. Do you it. buy and sell diamonds as well? Yeah, everything. Okay. Uh, I'm just wondering if this is true or just theory. Um, or do diamonds, if I buy a diamond out of a retail store, is are they truly marked up 500%? Uh, there's not a standard. Um, I would say that's that's well above the norm, 500%. I mean, you're not... You know, you're not going to... Uh, most people would not pay. Um, mo most people would not pay... Uh, you know, if you ha if the dealer paid ten thousand dollars wholesale value for a stone, mm -hmm. most consumers are not going to pay fifty grand for it. Mm -hmm. They will not, especially with the internet today. Yeah. They will not do that. They I mean, the internet is the clear, transparent barometer of a mm -hmm. lot of these things. So typically, I would say a hundred percent if it's an honest okay. store. Um, you know, Tiffany's, the high designer stores, typically mm -hmm. it's much higher than that because you're paying for their name. Mm -hmm. So like. I, uh, you know, I'm really one of the best sources for diamonds, too, because anyone else in the trade that sells diamonds, they go through 10 steps. They're mined, let's just say, they're mined from the mines. Mm -hmm. They're bought in, you know, in uh, rough mm -hmm. stones. Mm -hmm. Let's just say they're, they're paying $5,000 a carat. They polish them down, da-da-da. They go through another thing. They're now $10,000 wholesale. Mm -hmm. And then they trade to the distributor, $12,000, $15,000, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And then they end up in the store for thirty dollars or $40,000. Yeah, if you came to me, I will buy that stone, and I, I'll buy it at fair market value. I might pay six, and I'll sell it for seventy five hundred. Okay. Mm. So you you get rid of all this other markups that These are just markups, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And there's no and, and diamonds. First of all, there's no difference between a new and an old diamond. Mm -hmm. And secondly, people like antique things. I mean, I, oh, I, I always antique. go for the antique, the more unusual, yeah. the rare, whether yeah. it's watches or jewelry. Or ju uh, you know, my next question is, you know, what's your, your, your take? Well, now I do have an idea uh, from the new model watches, uh, any brand, and the old uh, model watches. Right. Let's so, talk about Cartier, because I think now they're making 
in my opinion, ugly watches. They're making these bulky, right? Uh, not as elegant as they used to were back right. in the eighties. Right. All, all the all the manufacturers of current watches, yeah. their first thing is, what do we think is going to sell? Got, that right. is their mentality. They hire somebody, make us a watch that's going to sell. Yeah. It's not what's nice, classy, discreet. Yeah. Cardi was that, always known as the classic, simple, yes. like a Patek Philippe. Simple, understated, a guy can wear to work, nobody's going to, you know, just simple, simple understated, yeah. Dra- yeah. everything yeah. like that. But today it's all the bigger the better. The bigger it's, the better. It's crazy. Like, like the big bang uh, from uh, Hublot. Right, right. Or the Audemars uh, Piguet uh, watch. I mean, they're very popular. I sell a lot of them. I get a lot yeah. of requests on that. The offshore, they call it the, the cr- offshore chronograph. Yeah. You know, but, and the prices are typically, they start at retail thirty, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. It's yeah. insane. What's the thing about women buying men's washings? I, I don't get that because um, I've noticed that's right. the thing now. Right. So typically all fashion requests and, and start up in Europe. Mm-hmm. That's really, okay, Italy, France, England. Started. That's where the, they, that's even today, that's where the fashion trends start. Mm-hmm. So I would say 15 years ago, so women started wearing the men's Rolex watches. Yes, I've noticed that. That and was 15 I, years ago. I think it's horrible. But that's 15 years. That's when the women's watches, that's when the men's watches were much smaller than they were today. Correct. So then what happened is the manufacturers said, wait a second, if the women are buying the men's watches, uh-huh. we got to make the men's watches the men's bigger, watches bigger so the men are not going to buy women's watches. Gotcha. So they started making them big, and now they're humongous. Yeah. And um, if memory serves me correct, the history of the wristwatch is always designed for the women. And I believe the first person to wear a watch was the actor Valentino. He wore a wristwatch in the film. Men carried uh, timepieces out of their pocket. So the wristwatch was always intended for a woman's market. Somehow it transcended to a men's market as time progressed. Um, I'm not 100% sure with that. I will tell you. That my experience is, I mean, we have a collection of 30,000 watches. My experience is that the older watches in the early 1900s and up to about 19, you know, up to the 1950s, there's all the men's watches were made very small Mm. as a general rule, very small. I mean, they they would be considered small women's watches today. All the men's watches up until about 1950s. Even, they, even the Rolexes, they made very small Rolexes. A very popular Rolex is called the Bubble Back. You know, mm-hmm. it's about the size of, a, you know, maybe a quarter. You yeah. know, a nickel a, qu- mm-hmm. a quarter. So um, only recently in the last couple of years has the fad been, you know, what happened was a couple of manufacturers made extremely big watches, and then everyone else sort of just jumped on the back. Yeah, they're just trying to right. please the market. Right, That's right, mainly right, right. it. All right, well, I have uh, another question for you uh, before we take a break. Uh, the Internet. How is the Internet? Uh, affecting your business or has affected your business? Well, I will tell you it has affected most retail businesses tremendously. Oh, tremendously. I mean, you walk down 7th Avenue, half the stores are vacant. Oh, gone, yeah. You hear 5th Avenue, all the big, a lot of the big Tommy Hilfiger, oh, a lot of these places are going out. They just can't afford... Even the, the, the big Tommy Hilfiger. Unbelievable. A lot of the stores up and down Fifth Avenue are, they, it, it, you know, it's not that business is bad. They just can't they, afford they these can't ridiculous afford, yeah. rents. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so a lot of stores in New York are the retail business is closed. Now, you know, again, we have a very, very unique market niche. We provide a service. We buy, sell, and appraise anything of value immediately. Somebody wants a fair price. They want their items evaluated or appraised. 
Um, that's one service we offer. The other is, of course, we repair and fix and clean all these watches. And the other is is that if somebody wants something, we have a big inventory. We pretty much have it in stock. They can look at it. They can try it on. They get a lifetime guarantee. Well, everything that they could possibly want and not worry about, oh, is the item yeah. is there a fraud? Is the item replaced? Is this, that, and the other thing? They want to feel comfortable. If there's a problem, they'll come the next day and we'll fix it for well, them. Tell us the uh, address. What's the address? Uh, it's like 200 West 57th Street. It's in a beautiful um, landmark building right on the corner of 57th Street and uh, 7th Avenue. It's directly across the street, both from Carnegie Hall, That's and right. they're just building this brand new um, yacht. Uh, it's called the uh, uh, Central Park Tower. Yeah, it's I the, call the, it yachts because yacht. you see how big, big these huge, Unbelievable. These humongous Is that the buildings. Blue structure. Yeah. Okay. That's the uh, yeah. And so then, I call them yachts in the sky because they're huge. <laughs> it's unbelievable. <laughs> how many floors are going to be? Uh, I don't. It's the tallest. I don't know. Maybe oh, it's going to be the tallest. It's, it's the tallest residential tower in the North America. Wow. New, uh, you know, America, yeah. United States and Canada. Yeah. So that's the new one. It, it's done by the same guy who built the other one down the block. And, uh, 157. Uh, yeah, yeah, Where Your store was actually adjacent. right next door. Yeah, so what actually, happened? If you, can you talk about that? I mean, I can that, talk about that anything. property Talk no about anything. There. Yeah, I'll tell you a cool story. I'll, t- I'll tell you another cool story. Yeah. So we, had, we became on the news um, when they had Hurricane Sandy. Because when that Hurricane Sandy, they were still building yeah, that tower. I remember. So they had the hanging crane. I remember that, yeah. So I go to work one morning. And they basically, the next day with the crane, they, you know, they locked up, they had a, um, uh, all the, uh, what is it called, the housing development, they, they tied up all the cranes in New York that were doing jobs in the city here, and that big wind blew the crane loose. No, I remember So it was yeah. dangling there, okay? So two stories here quickly. So a couple, we- so I was closed, they closed my store for, I mean, that whole block. Yeah, I remember. For about a week, mm-hmm. okay? So what happened was, um, one of the uh, um, owners of one of the construction companies came over to me a couple of weeks later, and he told me exactly what happened. Because no, I, you know, no, why would they have to close the whole block down? They closed actually two block radius. So he tells me what happened. He says the city didn't want to let this out, but Con Ed had a major electrical generators under the floor there, right adjacent to the building. So they were afraid wow. that the crane fell. It could ex- make a big explosion uh, with the generators. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that wasn't public. But And he also told me what happened was that they hired, they had to get visuals of what was going on there, right? You had the head in the city, the top engineers, the people from the city department, the people from the building that owned the building, the top, you know, architects, engineers. So they had to see what was actually happening there in order for them to and fix this, to fix this right. hanging crane. Yeah. So he tells me they hired a company. There's only one um, race of person, one race that's not afraid of heights. Indian, hmm. huh? Indian, you got it. Indian, like Native Indian American Indian. Indians are the only race in general that's not afraid of heights. So they sent one of the guys up there, up there. with a camera stuck on his on head, his head like a helmet, and he maybe climbed a there 120 stories, and he's dangling with this thing. Right next to him, giving them all the angles that they wow. could actually do that. Isn't that cool? Ain't that a, that's a great story. Two great cool. stories right away. <laughs> I love it. All right, we're going to so. take a break. Uh, folks, that was uh, Lee, the appraiser from uh, APR 57. I have to get used to that because I'm so used to that's the Plaza cool. Galleries. That's fine. But I'll, I'll get it. So we'll be right back uh, in just a little bit.
Sit tight. Hi, folks. This is Ed Lemo. Who is Ed Lemo and why should I listen? Ed Lemo is an attorney that is unique in that he gives consumers good, solid information about the law that will help protect them against irresponsible drivers, landowners, and doctors and hospitals who are negligent and cause you harm. Ed Lemo has been representing individuals against insurance companies since 1984. Ed Lemo limits his practice to accident, injury, and medical malpractice claims. You can find out more about me at my website at www.lemolaw.com. That's www.lemolaw.com. Or you can reach me at 646-522-9082. So if you're injured in an accident or a victim of malpractice and you need a trial attorney who has experience in the courtroom and gets results, Call Ed Lemo at 646-522-9082, or you can reach me at edwardlemo at yahoo.com. Or you can go to my website for further information, www.lemolaw.com. You'll be glad you did. Thank you. All right, great personal injury attorney. Please check him out, Edward Lemo, lemolaw.com. Also, this show is brought to you by Chirping Chicken. So please, uh, for tonight's meal, go onto their website, download their app for a 5% discount, chirpingchickens.com. Just mention that show. Uh, the show, chirp about it. In fact, tell them I chirped about it on my show. All right, for a huge discount. We're also brought to you by Accordia Shipping. For all of your shipping needs, please go on to accordiashipping.com. They ship anywhere from a pencil to cars to containers to uh, even coffins, all right? <laughs> Quarter of shipping. All right, uh, Lee, uh, why don't you, uh, before I switch over to uh, Shaquilla, why don't you uh, uh, tell the public um, how to find you, your website, email, uh, and everything else that they should know. Okay, so if anyone wants to have anything they own appraised or want to find out what it's worth or what the market value is or they want to sell it, um, any questions at all regarding paintings, Vintage watches, new watches, art, antiques, jewelry, autographs, Tiffany lamps, um, sculptures, whatever it is. Um, they can call us at 917-439-9610. That's 917-439-9610. They can uh, even text us at that number if they have some pictures they want to send us. Or they can email us at info, I-N-F-O, or Lee at, actually Lee at, APR as appraisals. That's APR57.com. And if they want to see us in person, if they want to bring anything, we're open six days a week except for Saturday from 9 to 6. The address is 200 West 57th Street. That's 200 West 57th. We're across the street from Carnegie Hall, and it's right on the corner of 57th Street and 7th Avenue, and they can take a tour of our brand-new 3,000-foot gallery. Our staff would be happy to help them, answer any questions, show them any items that they'd like, uh, free estimates on watches, uh, repairs, jewelry, whatever they want, trade-ins. We'll be happy to help them. All right, there you have it. He chirped about it, folks. You can't say he didn't. All right, so that's it. Lee, the appraiser. Please check him out. Okay, with that, we have a fine, beautiful young lady in the house. She goes by the name of Shaquela Gooden. All right, uh, you're, you're an author. You have a new book that's coming out, uh, or, in fact, maybe out uh, right now. I'm not quite sure, but I, uh, I did read about it, and I looked it up, and I have uh, some quickies that I'd like to discuss with you. Yeah? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it's called uh, uh, Quayla Quickies. All right, it's Koala. a quick. Uh, it's Koala. Koala quickies. Koala quickies. All right, that actually makes that flows better. Koala quickies, and it's a uh, quick guide to life, love, and everything in between. Yes. Yeah, baby, yes, I yes, like yes. that. So let's talk about koalas, 
quickies. <laughs> and it ain't about sex, folks. <laughs> well, maybe no, a little bit. No, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Well, welcome to Chirp About It, young lady. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, please. Yeah. yeah this is yeah, an amazing my show. I'm Lee. So I, I really would love to hear you answer his <laughs> William question. William, <laughs> what was your question? <laughs> no, I don't think Lee could have praised that one. I respect his um, <laughs> his business sense, but um, well, everything you know really depends on condition. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's right. <laughs> Age and condition. Okay. <laughs> well said. That's a great answer, huh? It, it's true. <laughs> so. <laughs> We'd have to see him. He sounds pretty unique. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> depending sure on what price you give him, I have a child. That I, listen, I've been trying to sell her for 18 years. So for like, 18 years. But when somebody brings me in something that they've had for many years in the family and it's not worth much, I typically tell them it has much more sentimental value. Ah. Yeah, okay? I like that. <laughs> and, okay. Then, then market value. So, okay. <laughs> All right, Shaquilla. Now, um, I'm going to start with heritage because you come from deep heritage. Yes. And uh, after uh, doing my research, you you come from a, a West Indian background. Your yes. Parents, family from Trinidad. So yeah. let's start with your heritage because I think that's what leads into you and yeah. your story. So tell us about yourself. Um, so originally my father's from Trinidad. My mom is African-American and I am the first generation born here. Well, me and my aunt, actually, we're two years apart. Um, I was raised with my dad's side of the family. Um, That time, my mom was um, an addict. And Mm. so for me, it was, you know, growing up in a household and learning the Trinidadian culture and just being embraced and loved and everything about it is amazing. And... um, Can't leave out the food. Yeah. Oh, my God, the food. (laughs) The and the food. calypso. <laughs> the food. Can we take a moment for the food, though? Yeah, let's take a moment uh, for the food. But the music, uh, everything about my culture, I love. Mm-hmm. Um, it made me who I am. And funny enough, growing up back then, having an accent wasn't cool. So in high school, I got rid of mine. And now I'm trying to get mine's back. And okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not really working out it's for me. It's not working out. No, not really. <laughs> but... Um, so I, I grew up very different than, you know, some of my friends. You know, they had both parents at home. I had my grandparents, my dad, my uncles, my aunt. Um, but honestly, it just it just, it just gave me character, I you know. You. I I, you. Like everybody may have had their mother and father. I had this whole big family, right. you know. And at eight, you know, I was reintroduced to my mom. And then I found out I had sisters. And it was just like this whole lifetime Oprah special that you. happened. And... Yeah, now I'm here. Now you're here. <laughs> All right, so let's discuss uh, your your book. Yes. Okay. So tell us about uh, Koala's Quickies. Yes. Why the name? Well, obviously, I'm sure it uh, ties into your name. Mm-hmm. Quickies, though. Um. Okay. So, in just to give a little backstory, I was in like a nine year domestic violence relationship, mm. and in that relationship, it taught me everything there was that everything that I needed to know about love in life, mm-hmm. right? Um, the parts that I was accountable for, um, understanding that there are different, there's different love languages, mm-hmm. understanding that everybody perceives things differently. So for me, I took that knowledge and I was on a quest to teach others. Like, 
die hard like mm-hmm. this is what love is love is unique love is colorful there is no right or wrong way to love right, yeah. don't walk in with expectations so right. people's like well Kuala, why aren't you right about it and i was like okay so before i decided to write about it i um had went on street market radio and i had an online talk show mm-hmm. which which was called no rules allowed because i felt like it was important to if you're going to be in a relationship start with no rules Literally walk in with a clean slate. That's your advice. And, right. Walk in with a clean slate and build as you go. Sit down and introduce yourself as an individual Correct. and let them do the same and let's see what happens from there. Mm-hmm. So for me having my online talk show, I end up having a television show, mm-hmm. which was on Manhattan Neighborhood Network. Um, started off with one viewership ship and ended up with 600000 Nice. How I have wow, no idea. nice. <laughs> and then I started writing for magazines. Mm-hmm. So writing relationship columns, I would write little excerpts, like little advice on the side, little tidbits, and those were my quickies. Because okay, I was like, I, I, we were transitioning from people loving to read to everybody wanting their information faster. So I was like, as opposed to writing this whole article, why don't I just write these little tidbits? And people started to love the tidbits. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, Good. okay. Yeah, I like so quickies. <laughs> so I got my quickies. I like that. I like that. <laughs> just like we have our little chirps, but uh, I don't know if we get the chance. We're gonna get a chance to do some chirps, but uh, you know what? We will be able to do a chirp, get a, a chirp in or, or two. All right, um, I'm gonna get right into some of your quickies. I have okay, them let's get by into numbered. It. I hopefully, I'm sure you you memorize them. All right, we're gonna start with uh, love, uh, love. Mm-hmm. Okay, love quickie number seventeen. Okay. Tell me about that. <sighs> Love Cookie 17. Let me, wait, for the people that are watching, let me show oh, you. Oh, listening, yeah. Yes, listening, watching. Let me show you number 17, just so y'all can see. Okay, number 17. Okay. The reason why I wrote number 17 was I felt like when it comes to women, oh, here, for you to, when it comes to women, um, a lot of us walk into relationships with very high expectations. Mm-hmm. And we don't allow men to be who they are and we don't love them in their moments we love them for the potential and what ends up happening is while we watch them go through their daily struggle or figure out who they need to become mm-hmm. now we're nagging at them we're, we're arguing with them we're frustrated oh why isn't this done why isn't that done just because you see in 10 years he'll become a lawyer right, right now he works at McDonald's mm-hmm he could only bring in this amount of money. money yeah. This amount of money cannot pay all of your rent. Mm-hmm. Be realistic about what you're in as opposed to what you want. And if Correct. you want someone that can do that, then be with someone that can do that. But don't put your expectations on him and then not love him right for who he is. And what that does in return is now he's hurt. Got so you. he's going to take that hurt and go somewhere, somewhere else. Somewhere else. I like that. Hurt you, people hurt people. What okay. do you say about that, Lee? Are you in a relationship? Do you agree uh, with uh, what you just said? <laughs> um, okay, so th- th- that's a little hard for me to evaluate. To evaluate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I wanted you to get your appraisal on that. Okay. <laughs> Lee would own the McDonald's. Oh, gosh. <laughs> All right, let's go into see that now. There's so many quickies yeah. here that I uh, that I want to get to. Hold on, I have one in particular. Go ahead. Oh, let's let's hear it. Okay, this is oh, I love this one. Um, mind you, I don't have my glasses. People will show you who they are. It's up to you to pay attention to it the first time. Yes. Mm. Yes. Trip about that. 
Yes. Okay. So I myself, that goes back to my relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I was in a nine year domestic violent relationship and he showed me who he was day one. And you stayed. And I stayed. Mm-hmm. Because I felt that I could love him through it. Yeah. I felt like I can maybe if I brought him out of his situation and brought mm-hmm. him into mine, it would be a change or a Nah. See, that's the thing. Yeah. Women always feel they can change this man. Not, not I'm not saying that, but that's yeah, what I hear. That's that's the that's that's the talk. Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. People change when they're ready to change. Yeah. They change on their own time. That's right. Um if at all. If at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's right? what you see is what you get most of the time. Most right? You know what a guy told me one day? He said men change for two reasons inspiration or desperation. Hmm. And I literally Watch that happen to many different men. Either they were inspired by something and they made that active decision to this is what I want out of life, or they was losing everything. <laughs> they was like, I really don't want this to happen, and they pushed through. So it's funny. It's it's when he said it, like it opened up my brain to just now I'm observing men differently. Like, oh, mm-hmm. so I got to put him in either desperate situation or, or I got to inspire him. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was just also helping women understand what that looks like and what that means. Mm-hmm. Because now me being a person that I'm like on this quest for knowledge and understanding relationships and men and women, um, I had I happened to share that <laughs> with a female and she didn't use it the right way. Right. What she did was she tried to leave the man to make him stay or to make him uh-huh. better. And he was like, and she learned a very bad lesson. Yeah, he he, did, he didn't follow. He didn't love he you that much. He didn't chase her. He didn't chase her. He, didn't chase he wasn't her. inspired. Yeah. Nor was he desperate. Yeah, Koala, you had mentioned uh, domestic violence. It's yes. a subject that um, I really, really have a low tolerance for. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister was murdered in the domestic violence incident, so um, I have zero tolerance for it. Definitely sorry and to hear what that. I, what behooves me is that several times that her boyfriend was actually physically assaulting her, and mm-hmm. I intervened. She turned the tide and started jumping on me on for, you. you know, trying to uh, stop him from hitting her. Right. And I, I just walked away. Um, I wish I could have done more. But for the life of me, I did, couldn't understand why she stayed in that domestic violent relationship. Can you share with us a little bit why you stayed in a, a relationship so long of that caliber? Um, honestly, a lot of it was fear. Mostly for me. Mm-hmm. Once I saw it was fear and rebelliousness. I was, I didn't want to believe that. So my family told me early, no, no. Day one, they was like, no, no not a chance. No what? No to him. No to him. Everything oh, about him, they, they didn't was approve just like, him. no, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. They didn't approve. And they appraised him, but they didn't approve him. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> no value here. <laughs> the crazy part about it, I wanted to, at first you want to be right. Like, no, this person is, and when the first incident happened, Immediately, I heard my parents in my head, and I was like, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. They're right. So I stayed the first time because I wanted to prove to them that, no, this is not who he is. You're right. They are wrong. Right. Right. And then it became, I need to get out of this, but how? Mm -hmm. Because I couldn't turn to them because I felt stupid. Stupid, yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, no. Like I told I, you so. Right. Now I don't want to go back and deal with the whole, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. I told you so and yeah. you did this yeah. to you. I yeah. didn't want to deal with that because yeah. to be really honest. I'd rather honest, sit back and suffer 
been... No, I came up with a plan. Oh, oh okay. You have, I mean, realistically, you have to come up with a plan. This is, it's not a situation that you can just walk out of. So I came up with an exit strategy, and it didn't necessarily work out the way I... It worked out for the first day or two, but then the person that the person came to my job to shoot me in the head. But I'm sure? here, so it didn't work out that way. But, I mean... Wow. I'm not in that relationship anymore. I'm in a whole other place, and... Well, God bless you, young lady. Thank you. Well, one, I, didn't, I didn't expect you to say that, but God bless yeah. you. One c- okay. quick pertinent follow-up question. Mm-hmm. Um, I come from a community where traditionally you don't call the police to intervene with family matters, right. mm-hmm. even with domestic violence. Right. Do that cultural significance, did that play a part from you from just calling the police to having removed? No. It, it never dawned on you to call the police? <laughs> no. No. Okay. I'm, he's, you're bigger than me. I'm not... Mm-hmm. Like me fighting you is not at no point what I want to do. I came from a household with I grew up with men. Men never put their hands on me. My father, grandfather, uncles, nobody. They yeah. knew how to talk. They knew how to communicate. Yeah. So this was completely foreign to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at first, you know, a few of my female friends, you know, we were young, and they were just like, oh, well, maybe you. No, 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 no. This ain't right. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's weird calling the police. Police never did nothing. Mm. They'll tell him, oh, go take a walk. Well, they they will intervene if they see any like physical scars. Scar. Like if you had no, a no, black no. eye, that's, you had a scratch. And that's actually not the truth. Well, most they are obligated by law in most cases. That they to do are, that. but they don't. Really? Every time that I've called, I had physical, uh, physical like wounds or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. what they would tell him is, "Take a walk." Oh, she'll let you back in. Take a walk. Not so, good. because by law, changing the locks. I had changed the locks once, mm-hmm. and they told me if I don't give him the key, I'll go to jail because his stuff is there. So I can't change you the locks can't change on him. The locks. So okay. I'm like, well, what am I actually supposed to do? Oh, move it to a shelter. That's what they would come to my house and tell me. Oh, move it to a shelter. If it was that serious, you would move into a shelter. Mm-hmm. S- seriously? Yeah, but you turn you turn uh, things around. So I'm gonna get to one other quickie before we. Uh, well, we still have a few. How many more minutes, Jade? A few more. Okay. Quickie, that's uh, uh, from chapter one. Quickie about loving yourself, because I think this is huge. Yes. All right. This is the, the this is the best part of all, I think. All right. And you say, well, we need to learn to love ourselves first. Yes. First. Yes. First. So we need to appraise ourselves. I, I love you know I love the fact <laughs> that Lee's here with the appraisal <laughs> and uh, this, this is tying yes. in very well with the show. It definitely. So does. we need to appraise ourselves. We need to give ourselves value. Yes. Yeah. So let's discuss that. Um, a lot of us go into relationships half, half, how, how do, how do I say this to make it make sense? Um, we go into relationships, not complete as a person Mm -hmm. looking for other people to fill in voids. That's right. Um, and then when a person falls short, now we feel, now we're attacking them and we're mad at them, but they Mm. should have, we shouldn't have put our worth into their hands in the first place. That's right. You know, if anything, I should love you for who you are, and you should compliment me, and I should compliment you, and it should be a mutual relationship, not you, I'm half, I'm half, I'm half full, right. I'm broken, right. and it's your job to add tape and add glue and fix me and build me back up. It's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. It's not your responsibility. I agree well with said. You. We need to walk into relationships. After you come out of something toxic, take time to heal, take time to love yourself again, take time to find yourself again, and then when you're ready, Go into something new. I like that. Yeah. We're going to hit on one other topic. You started a program back in uh, uh, 2012. Yes. Called Self. S-E-L-F. Yes. All right. What's that about? Um, the S 
goes with every letter. It stands for self-empower, mm-hmm. self-love, self-first. Gotcha. Um, it's a program that I started to help. For women? For, for teens. It started off with teens okay, because good. I met my daughter's father when I was 17. Okay. So at 17, you know, you look to your friends as a point of reference, and then I realized that's a big problem. There aren't older women that you can come to to talk to That's right. to guide you in terms of understanding who you're, you know, turning into a woman and understanding love. So for me, I was like, it's imperative to create a program where young women can come and talk to us and talk to me and, you know, tell me their day and tell me what's going on. Because you, you can't go home all the time and talk to your parents. That's right. Your yeah. parents are tired. They're stressed. They necessarily don't want to hear it. Yeah. So I provided a space where teens came we felt comfortable they felt comfortable we did different activities i brought different celebrities in it was amazing um and now i'm back working with kids and oh before i i'm gonna just rewind a second um well fast forward and rewind i'm also in the process of starting a comedy show with this lovely woman named maria Lowe. um it's for women empowerment good so we are literally in the process of creating a comedic i want to say play slash comedy show slash 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 um just allowing women to get on stage and tell their truth in whatever art form that looks like i like that can you follow it up with um i understand that you're in the production that should start monday can you tell us a little bit about that oh (laughs) yes 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 so i am in a play called midnight mug shot that will midnight mug shot Mm -hmm. that will be at alvin ellie city group theater um, shout out to Brittany oh, to Fly. Brittany Ray Productions is an amazing production. It's in regards to family. And it's about um, just the family struggle and how sometimes love, loving family, sometimes you got to know when to let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I say that. Yes, yes, yeah? yes. Yeah, yeah. I can't give yeah. too much because then you're not going to come see the play. <laughs> <laughs> and this is on Monday. Yes, come Monday. yes, yes. Okay. Well, how do we get there? We'll, we'll um, tickets, price, so number? There's, yes, there's a link. There's a link for the tickets. Um, It's BRP Shows and BRPShows.com. And the tickets are $50. Mm -hmm. It's Alvin Ailey. Yeah. You know, it's not cheap, unfortunately. There's no discount tickets. Well, Leah buys us all tickets. Right. (laughs) 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 So, um, also, before I, because I know I have to go really quick, I definitely want to shout out William O'Reilly. That's right. Um, William O'Reilly has been the backbone behind Koala Quickies and getting me to finally publish this is something I wrote coming straight out of that relationship. And William is bringing my baby to life. So thank you, William. And thank y'all. Well, thank you. I'd like to thank you before we close on the show. Uh, uh, Shaquala Gooden, thank you for coming on. And uh, you certainly have another invitation. In fact, I have another show, second show uh, on AM 970 on Saturdays. And I'd like you to come on and have a discussion with that audience as well. Oh, I would love to. I think uh, your story would uh, do very well. I think uh, people would want to hear from you. Thank you. All right, so I'm going to thank you again for coming on uh, uh, today. Of course, we have Lee, the appraiser, which I tell you, Lee, the appraiser. He he's valuable on the show today. Yes, huh? he is. Yes, he <laughs> is. Remind him of those tickets he's buying for us at the play. <laughs> Leave the appraiser from APR fifty seven. Please check him out. Uh, again, call for an appraisal at nine one seven four three nine nine six one zero nine one seven four three nine nine six. One zero. So, Lee, I'd like to really thank you for coming on. Patrick, um, my pleasure. Yeah, you've been very Great informative. I've got to tell you, 
Very, you. very informative. Thank you. So, folks, that was our episode of Trip About It Live. Hope you enjoyed. We'll be back same time, same place. City Wall Radio, CityWallRadio.com. Pat Sainville, we're out. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how, and we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids need to know the dangers and how to avoid them. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids, because when you talk, they hear you. Hi, Grandma. Can Nina come over for dinner? Sure. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma... If anyone ever does, I want you to say, no, I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. I promise, Grandma. They really do hear you. For tips on what to say, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. Yo, what's going on? Y'all listening to Sky's Crescent Radio, and here's what's coming up. On the first Sunday of the month, we have the Poet Podcast with Dale Novella. On the second Sunday of the month, we have the Soul Tree Spotlight with Erlene Steven. And we also have Keeping It Funky with Troy Weeks. On the third Sunday of the month, we have Boozy News with Supreme Bars. And on the fourth Sunday of the month, we have What's Really Good with Jeanette Berry and Clout Dealers with The Label Noir. And every Sunday at 7, we have Can We Not with Evan Combus. Peace. It's flu season. You might think you're healthy and don't need a flu shot, but look at it this way. When you get a flu shot, you're protecting not just yourself, but those around you who are vulnerable. A baby, a frail grandparent, a friend in the hospital or nursing home. For them, influenza can be life-threatening. Get a flu shot today. See your doctor or visit mdhflu.com to find a flu clinic near you. This message from the Minnesota Department of Health. Hi, this is Kelsey Grammer. When military service members head into battle, none are expected to face the enemy alone. But many return home and become isolated as they struggle with the visible and invisible wounds of war. It can be difficult knowing how to overcome that challenge and rekindle bonds similar to those formed in the military. Wounded Warrior Project supports these injured veterans through their recoveries by connecting them with fellow warriors and their communities. No one should fight this battle alone. Join us at WoundedWarriorProject.org. When it comes to providing guide dogs for people who are blind or visually impaired, one national organization is taking the lead. The Guide Dog Foundation breeds and trains Labradors and Golden Retrievers to help blind and